Greenwich. We What'd you say? New Greenwich. That's what it's called. Greenwich? This is Maui Wowie. Uh, so it's <laughs> <laughs> My favorite on. movie is that I can't decide on a favorite movie. Press next podcast. Hey yo, I'm Katie. And it's your co-host Corey, and this is of course the Press Next Podcast. Yes, welcome back to another week of the Press Next Podcast. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. For those who are new, thank you for coming in. Thank you for joining. Thank you for watching, listening, whatever you are doing. We are a podcast um, for binge watchers and people who like to nerd out and talk to their friends about the stuff they watch on TV. Absolutely. So if that is you, if that's you, because I know it's me, mm-hmm. uh, you have met the right or found the right podcast. So. Yeah. The right people. You join the right herd. And even if you don't, I think that you can listen to what we say and apply it into because we still have good conversation around sure. what we watch. Yes. You don't necessarily have to watch what we are talking about mm-hmm. to be able to engage in the conversation and really get something out of it, hopefully. So Right. Yes indeed. Yes indeed. T- uh, typically our subjects are around what the movie talks about than just the content. So you don't necessarily you don't have to watch the content. Right. Um, but for those who are here, all of our fans uh, stateside and all of those international, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back. Please spend a little second to just right now go on your Apple podcast app and just drop a little review, man. Give us some stars and drop a review, please. That will most definitely help us get uh, a, a further um, reach and release to people. So I yeah. am lit. And speaking of international we were looking at some numbers this week yes we were and what are our biggest international listeners uh the uk and um ireland i believe and spain that's so crazy them three uk ireland and spain and then granted there are other like sprinkled places right. but they are like the, the they have the most numbers of downloads and then of course the united states with like texas kansas Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very interesting. So shout out to everybody in Kansas, um, Washington State, and Chicago. So Illinois. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily Chicago specifically because it's like a Chicago area. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't care where you are. We just thank you Either so way. much for yeah, like spending awesome. your time with us, whether you are on a drive or cooking like I did this morning. Yeah, it's nice to. It's just nice to know that more than just our friends and family listen. Right, you know, which is a really good feeling mm-hmm. that like there are people out there who value us enough to share their time with us. So right. again, we don't want to ever depreciate that. Like we really enjoy that. We value that and we thank you. We can't thank you enough. Absolutely. Um, and our so friends and family that do listen, we appreciate. Facts who have been day one fans who are never going to give up, um, you know, who have been true members of the fourth wall. We love hey. you so much. You know what I mean? All right. Um, but anywho, what have you, what you've been watching this week? Mm, I'm trying to think. I really haven't been watching much this week. You've been busy, busy. Yeah. Um, of course, below deck in my free time always. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working through that. The Bachelorette. Oh, the Bachelorette. the Bachelorette. Yes, yes. the Bachelorette. Uh, first episode was Monday. It was. And Corey has never really watched it. I watched The Bachelor, but, but I haven't watched The Bachelorette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He watched The Bachelor with me, Matt James season, which not the best season to also watch either. I also watched the, uh, what's his name? Juan Pablo? Was, it that, was that his name? Long time ago? Yeah, I was about to say that was before uh, me, but yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, and then, yeah, so he actually watched it with me, and I'm shocked. So we'll see if he continues throughout the season, which I think that 
in the beginning, you might be like, no, nah, I'm not watching this. But once it yeah, gets once more the drama intense, picks up. yeah. But honestly, though, too, it's just, it's cringy because, like, for me at least, I'm a dude, right? Like, I'm a guy, if we're talking in a heteronormative uh, way, right? I'm a cisgender male. Mm-hmm. So I typically subscribe or ascribe to all of the uh, social norms that have been kind of assigned to men. So when watching this, I get cringed out at all the stuff that the men be doing. Like, right. you just met these girls, right? Yeah. Like, they, you know how they line up, they get out the limo and everything else. Did you just, you're supposed to make your first impression on these women. Yeah. And it was very cringy. Yeah. Why are Everyone. you bringing up the ex, bro? On the first time, the, the thing is, I'm not ever bringing up the ex unless yeah. you bring up the ex. Yeah. Then we can talk about it. Fair. I'm not bringing up, I'm not doing no funny puns. I'm not trying to do no poems. I'm not trying to do like a funny little ha ha. Heard you don't like this staircase, but I'm gonna make it a better place. Corny. So like that part, I'm like, Ugh. yeah. The, but the the thing is, I was probably that dude one day. So. No, no, no. I was gonna say every it. It's almost like the things that would fly in normal life are so cringy on TV when you're watching it, and you're like, you have no game. But in reality, I do the same. That's shit. probably yeah. how we are in the I wild. Do the same, yeah, in the in the wild, a wild Corey. Right. Uh. Okay. So below deck, the Bachelorette. Um, bachelorette yes bachelorettes because there's multiple this time he also doesn't like gabby's voice which i feel like a lot of people gabby don't like is the one that looks weird kissing yeah i just don't like her in general not like okay uh, she's my favorite and, and i'm sorry um i don't want to say i don't like gabby i don't know gabby right like at all i can't really say that i don't like her right i just is um the way that she's portrayed on tv this is me being nice and being forgiving. Mm-hmm. The way that Gabby is portrayed on TV, I don't enjoy. Okay. So it's just not for me. She's probably a wonderful human being. Mm-hmm. Deserves all the love in the world as everybody else does. So I won't take that away from her. But it right. wouldn't be it wouldn't be a match for me as I'm sure I wouldn't be a match for her. So. Right. So um, The Bachelorette, Below Deck. Um, we watched... The Shallows. The Shallows. This week, Let me tell you this. Which has me so excited for Shark Week. And uh, if you like Shark Week, please reach out to me because we need to connect over it because I'm so excited. It's yeah, the last week of July. It is. And, and I'm kind of dead on Shark Week. I know, but I love it. And also, I just want to say, if you do not have the Discovery Plus streaming app. It's amazing. I And it might just be me and the kind of things I like to watch, but that is one of my favorite streaming apps because you get... Um, TLC, you yeah. get HGTV, you get the Magnolia Network, you get Animal Planet, you get Discovery, obviously, For and real. there's just so many good shows yeah. on Discovery, and all um, science stuff. So if you love science, yeah, and yeah. so Moonshiners, <laughs> yeah, you there's know just me. like so Myth- many random shows Mythbusters. that that I get like I you watch like once and then I'm like in it, you know, right? So, um. Yeah, I'm excited for Shark Week. Please reach out to me if you are too. But we watched The Shallows with Blake Lively, and that's about a shark attack. So, um, funny story, actually. Yeah, this is not funny. I walked in one night, and Corey was watching Blue Crush, yes. right? Another, in, just a surfing show. In the living room. A movie. And I was like, oh, what are you watching? He said, Blue Crush. I was like, cool, I'm about to go lay down. And he was like, all right, I'll come in there too. Because it was like, nine o'clock we go to bed pretty early <laughs> and he gets to the room and puts it on and i come out of the bathroom 
And I'm watching it and I'm like, my, I'm not really paying that much attention. He's not paying attention at all. He just like put it on and then got on his phone. And I'm watching it and I'm like, this doesn't seem like Blue Crush. Like, this is very intense. And I was like, I think I remember watching this movie because it has Blake Lively in it. And I was like, what is this? And he said, Blue Crush. And I was like, mm, I don't think it, so. This is not Blue Crush. And he pressed the button and it said the shallows. And he goes, when did this get what, on here? Right. Because I was, from my memory, I can <laughs> be, 100 believe, I believe that I press select I don't think so. on Blue Crush. But obviously I hit the shallows. Yeah. But I'm, it's okay because like I was in it. And we were so in the movie. That it was getting like a little late, and I was like, "All right, let me turn it off." And but we, I didn't want to turn it off, right? And he didn't want to turn it off either. But we both we go to bed early because we wake up early, right? So I was like, "If I don't go to sleep right now, I'm not right. Gonna we're not gonna morning. go up and go to the gym. We're not gonna work out. We're not gonna be like on the right schedule to go to work, and that's important to us." So I turned it off. But this is how lit we were in the morning time after we have done all of our like responsibilities, responsibilities. Um, while we're cooking breakfast and stuff, what are we watching? No, we finished watching. We it finished watching it, so it in the morning. We're like, all right, we're gonna cook breakfast and get dressed and everything else. But at the same time, we're gonna watch this because I want to see what happens. Yeah. Even though I already know what happens, but so the shallows. Um, Psych. We've been watching Psych. Psych. Yes, we put Psych back in rotation, which I'm very excited about because Psych to me is one of the best shows that have ever hit network television. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you kind of forget about it. Yeah. And it's so wild that like they have so many seasons, they have multiple movies. Mm-hmm. So it was a an insanely successful TV show. Right. And I talk to people all the time. I'm like, do you know Psych? And they're like, no. And I'm like, how did this happen? Yeah. They it's had funny. a it's a funny show. Y'all cult following it. then because it's amazing. It's it's I don't know anybody who like actually watched Psych and did not like thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah. They have it's something for everybody in Psych. Yeah. And James Roday, shout out to him, hilarious and just kills the lead role. And Dulé Hill, same. Mm-hmm. They are perfect buddies. Absolutely. Also, uh, Sean Spencer, the main guy in Psych, reminds me of my best friend's dad. <laughs> so and every Sean, time I watch it, I'm just like, mm, Chris. Right. And he and he reminds me of somebody at work who's also named Sean, which is hilarious. That is funny. And so I told Sean at work to watch it, and he's going to watch it at some point whenever he... Uh, gets around to it but anything else you've been watching that's yeah, pretty much all um, i've been watching i'm still on miss marvel i'm trying to get to the finale people i think are really sleeping on miss marvel because mm-hmm. like the the lead and all the characters are like pakistani yeah and i think they're hating because the show is hard yeah <laughs> okay they super hating so i've been watching that um i i'm still and i can't i'm sorry y'all i've been watching westworld yeah it's just not hidden for me except i think it's about to because the end of this last episode i watched i was like "Ooh, i kind of want to know what happens next Mm -hmm. so maybe i've hit the point of like i'm like i've tilted like you know what i mean like you know how some shows the first couple episodes you're like what the heck Mm -hmm. and then you hit episode four or five you're like oh this is this is yeah yeah, this is it i think we hit that but i'm tired of shows doing that fam like get to the get to the 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 juicy yeah yeah Um, oh Corey restarted The Secret Life of an American Teenager. Oh, I did. I about halfway through the first so season. Cringe. But I love that show. It's so cringe, <laughs> but also I can watch it now as an adult and be like, I see why this made such an impact on you us as a, as a generation. Yeah. yeah, as a as a generation. So that um we went to go see the new Thor. Amazing. Facts. It Amazing. was Amazing. 
hours, because I'm sure we'll probably talk about it here. Um, it was good. It was really good. Here's my quick review. The corniest, the corny parts were very corny. Yeah. And true. And borderline bad. But the good parts were so good. Were fantastically great. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And there were, I think there were more great parts than corny parts. Agreed. So we both said like this might be one of our favorite Marvel movies. Which yes. I think that Thor has always kind of been a favorite just because like he goofy and aloof and yeah, like, but so he's also funny. like manly strong and he you know he says he's a strong but it's Avenger. not too far into the comic universe like dr strange where you don't really understand right right it's, it's like easy, you don't have to be into comics to watch thor and enjoy it. like he's a viking god yeah uh, you know like okay so and that, that's the other thing he's not too he, like even though he has like a human form or whatever you know that he's a god. Right. So it makes it easier for him to be... Uh, the god of thunder. You know, like, it makes the comic relief much easier yeah. uh, than somebody who, like a Peter Parker or somebody, even though I love I love everybody, but right. uh, Thor definitely. And then Thor also has always partnered with the funniest cast too. Because Absolutely. the second funniest cast got to be... Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Of the Galaxy. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. And so... With Chris Pratt. Um, and, you know, he becomes somewhat a member of that crew. And their, and their crew is always good because they're just like a crew of misfits, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but a good, but good movie. Isn't, uh, isn't a bad person to watch ever. So Oh, wow. Wow. So there's that. Now, I will say this. At an older age and I get motion sickness, I probably would not have watched the IMAX. Yeah, we did go to watch yeah, it. Yeah, we watched the IMAX. Um, <laughs> that was my Not fault. again. Yeah, no, it's okay. Because the thing is with IMAX theaters, I kind of forgot this like, the screen is so big and everything. it's such an experience with the sound. The screen is huge. And so they don't, they make sure they have the seats. They're not a lot of seats so that yeah. you get like a full exactly. um, experience. And because it's like a Marvel movie and they want you to like, nope, I think I would like to see an IMAX. Mm-hmm. But with, with a uh, superhero movie, there's going to be so many like movie parallaxing parts, yeah. effects and stuff like that, that it just, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm dizzy. Like I gotta chill for a second. Or that's so funny. Things kind of looked out of focus for me. Remember I said that in the car. Yeah. I was like, did half like the things that were in focus were tack sharp, and the things that were out of focus was like out of focus. I don't know if that was like a maybe was that, that was planned. to make you look at you know right, which they may typically do, but yeah. it's like some stuff I still need to just see. Yeah, it, but I don't know. I don't get motion sickness, so I don't even take those things you. into yeah, account. Yeah, yeah. I'm also just looking at all of that because that's like the experience, right? Like they make right. the screen so big. I, I got to look in this corner. I got to look in that corner. Exactly. Also, book club, movie club. Um, yes. Where the Crawdads Sing finally came out. It has been long awaited. I know everybody has kind of been on the edge of their seats waiting for it. And I loved it. It was so good. And I feel like sometimes, and this is just personally, other people may feel this way. When I read a book, I get so into it that when I watch a movie, I'm just waiting for the story to align and it it's kind of lackluster because I'm like, I'm not getting the same emotions. For sure. But this movie, I felt all the same emotions. Like it was really, good job. really re- they did a phenomenal job. It's a Reese Witherspoon movie. Love it. Well, Reese is a goat. Yeah. So super excited for everything else that she has coming out. Um, if you watched Where the Crawdads Sing, please let me know your thoughts if you read the book. <laughs> I kind of feel like her career and Adam Sandler's career are like trajecting in the same direction. Like they were on the screen and now they're kind of behind the scenes. Right. But 
but even what they were behind the scenes for when they were on the scene or on the screen, they kind of were like goofy. Yeah. Right? Like a lot of their big roles were like goofy stuff. Mm-hmm. And then now they're doing more serious shows and roles. Yeah. And they're like, when I say serious, I mean like award winning serious right. stuff. And I enjoy that. I love Adam Sandler's uh, Hustle on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Everything I feel like in the past like three or four years uh, Reese has been a part of has been home runs. Yeah. So I like that for both of them. I like to see like growth in people. That's why I like, that's why I love Jordan Peele, right? Jordan mm-hmm. Peele came from improv background um, and now is just directing fantastic movies and shows. Uh, so I enjoy that, but that's lit. And with the books, you got to give them a little bit of grace because you have to also right. recognize when you're reading a book, you're creating the world yourself. Yeah. And when you're seeing a movie, the world has been created for you. So if you've read the book, you're typically the world that you read and created for yourself is not going to align with whoever directed the film. Yeah. So just always give those movies a little bit more grace because it's sure. it's kind of unfair. They're going up against a match that's worse than if you had not read it. Right. And um, Daisy Edgar Jones, the main that's a name. character. Yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. She did an amazing job. Shout out to that movie. I, I'll probably see it when it's like I I'm think, chilling, watching. Yeah, I think you... I think you would like it. I don't think that it would. I think if you went to go see it in theaters, you'd be like, "Meh." I could have waited to. So watch who's that. the target audience? I'm assuming like middle aged women. That read the book, yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, I'm still gonna watch it. I'll be watching everything. I watched the Velocipaster. I'm finna watch this movie. Well, okay. And I'll say it's like a. There's there's like the who done it of it. It's kind of a mystery, but also like a romance, but also. This girl who has been um, basically like banished to the marsh. They call her the marsh girl because all of her family left and she had to raise herself. But she knew that Mm. she did not want to leave the marsh because that's all she ever knew. And so there's also the like her raising herself and how she like traveled from childhood to adulthood on her own. How she survived. How she like made this path for herself and mm. it's really good okay i'm gonna watch it then but the last thing that we watched uh is what this episode will be about it is a documentary on tubi that's t-u-b-i if you don't have tubi y'all get tubi because tubi is a free platform and i'm not getting paid for this tubi is free and i thought because it's free it's not gonna have no bangers they got Wrong. bangers yeah Tubi got bangers, bro. If you can deal with ads, which I'm dealing with now, I'm trying to save money, so I don't care. If you can deal with ads. And tu- there's not a ton of ads no, either. No. I actually feel like YouTube TV has more ads. 100%. And YouTube TV's ads are longer too. Tubi got bangers. Like 40-year-old virgin and like like household the, the, movies. Right, right, right. That That's a good point. They're not like these new movies that just came out. It's all the movies you like grew up with and you forgot that they even like existed, mm-hmm. but they were bangers. Like you, you, you had them on VHS, but when you moved houses, you sold them. You <laughs> know what I mean? That's funny. Yeah. That's what Tubi is. I feel like that's yeah. how I view Tubi. I'm like, bro, they got sleepers on this book, boy. Yeah, they do. Movies I forgot even existed are on Tubi. Yeah. So check it out. But we got on, there's also have documentaries and stuff. If you're a fan of like Alien and Bigfoot, they got every Alien and Bigfoot mm-hmm. documentary ever on there but we stumbled upon a documentary called um happy yeah very it came out in 2011 uh or 12 around that time 
very not hard to miss because the artwork is like the clouds and the clouds are in a smiley face and it says like happy on it. And I don't know what really drew, like drew us into it, but basically it's a documentary of this filmmaker who goes from like, um, and I hate to say this, but I'm going to say this. What is perceived as like the lowest parts of the world? Yeah. Kolkata, some, some, some huts and villages in Africa. Mm-hmm. The marshlands in Louisiana, mm-hmm. the slums of the, uh, and I put in quotes, the slums of the world to basically ask, what is happiness? How do you find hi- happiness and stuff like that? In juxtaposition, they also go to very rich areas mm-hmm. to try to figure out why they not happy. Right. And I think what drew me into this and both of us into this is that me and Corey like to talk about philosophy a lot 100 percent, and like psychology and the human brain and why we do the things we do why we think the way that we think and we always and i think that's actually kind of what drew me to you when we first met was that that's that game i'm talking about y'all. oh that's my gosh game. stop what drew me to you was that our conversations were more than surface level we could go deeper into things and and discuss like why or what you know and so they have probably like five different psychologists on this do. documentary talking about the science behind happiness happiness, yeah. and why we feel the way we do and how we can and, and how to achieve happiness. And they do studies on like people with money versus people with no money or mm-hmm. people with family versus people with no family and communities and villages. And it's just so interesting to see the science behind it and hear like a psychologist point of view, right. but then also hear from people who are, like you said, in these villages in India or Africa or the swamp of Louisiana. Who, to us seemingly have nothing. Right. So how can they be happy? Right. They have absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Yet they are the happiest people in the world. Right. And, it's, I don't know. It's just so like humbling. And uh, what did what did you say? You said this documentary uh, just tells me one thing about America. What did you say? Oh yes, because <laughs> okay, because one time my family we were all talking and someone was talking about my granny. Which if you don't know, my granny is my favorite person. Love her, my best friend. And I've always been like super super close to her. Anyways, we were at a family gathering and somebody was talking about her. And about how she used to be out there with the men, chopping wood, um, skin and deer, like providing for her family and then cooking meals for everyone and raising everyone's kids and like all of this different stuff. And I was like, man, I take so much for granted and I'm seriously so lazy because my granny did all of that and I complained that it's 78 degrees in the house. Like I'm, I'm too hot in my air conditioned home, you know? Right. And so when I was watching this documentary, I looked at Corey and I was like, if this tells me anything, it's that we as a society and as a country, we complain way too much. We take everything for granted and we are lazy as hell. <laughs> for real. And, and, and I take that a little bit different in the, in the sense of like, I'm going to roll back even to our previous episodes. I think a lot of our issues stem from selfishness. Yeah. And that's a lot of what this documentary is actually talking about, right? Was that yes. um people so there was a couple studies that I want to talk about. One of them was about 
the study of um they had a group of people who every and they and there's true ways to to gauge happiness. Mm -hmm. So this is not like um oh somebody said they feel happy or whatever. There's true scientific ways to gauge happiness. And so with one group they they tested out uh for a certain amount of time, can we increase these people's level of happiness by every Sunday they write down five things that they are grateful for that happened this week or whatever mm -hmm. um, that they can remember. And they did that. And their happiness at, at the end of the period like, increased, mm -hmm. which is great. So right. gratitude. Gra gra gratitude? Yes. Like, <laughs> I was going to say gratitude. Gratitude, <laughs> gratitude definitely adds gratitude, to yeah. happiness. But the other thing is the other group was, I think, once or twice a week, they were doing physical acts of kindness. And their 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 growth of happiness was much greater than the other group. And the thing about the study was it was trying to test um, what it means to do for others, mm -hmm. and why you always feel good when you do for others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How does this increase your 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 happiness? How does this increase your or change your world view? And I tell people all of the time, all the time. I was just listening to Charlemagne about this too. On our quest for happiness, get away from what you know. Go on a cruise. Go somewhere where you can recognize two things, that you are very little, right? Mm -hmm. When I go out in the ocean, I, it's very apparent to me that I'm very small. Right. And I become very grateful that I get to experience life here on this ball that we call Earth, mm -hmm. right? And then two, that like, wow whether you believe in God or not or anything else, I was created from two human beings, from some life form to be able to experience this. Yeah. That's incredible. I should be able to share that. I have skills that I should be able to help and share with other people. That to me helps increase my world or, or change my, my worldview. And it's just like, when they were talking about it, I was like, oh, this is so wild that there's like a scientific reasoning for this and right. the other one they were talking about was they were scanning people's brains where they were doing this meditation where they would um be mindful of their gratitude essentially and it would give the same dopamine effects as if you were to take drugs that affected your dopamine levels i'm having major deja vu right now have Tell we me talked about, about this before <laughs> i'm sure we probably have uh because i talk about it a lot mm -hmm. um especially when we talk about you know i mean people out there just hate people because they're happy and <laughs> right but also like i think that we've probably have discussed this before and had conversations like this but i think that it's so important because i think that we can practice happiness and when i say practice happiness Ooh, this that might be the name of the episode this documentary talks about how we have to work to be human we have to work at our happiness it's not for some reason we have come up with this idea that feelings are just supposed to come to us we're just supposed to be happy we're just supposed to be in love we're just supposed to you know like all of these things are natural and if there if it's not if it's not coming natural then something's wrong which is why i think that divorce rates are so high because people start thinking oh i'm actually kind of annoyed by you so that must mean that something's wrong with us Right. As, as a couple and that's not true like people don't understand you have to work at things you have to work at 
your marriage because sometimes those feelings don't come naturally. Mm -hmm. You have to work towards it. You have to work towards happiness because sometimes you don't feel happy, but you keep going. Right. Right. And that's what they were talking about in the documentary. They were talking about flow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you're in the flow. flow. Yeah. And how like, that's why routine, that's why we as humans thrive so well on routine is because we know that if we do something, we're going to feel gratification from it. We're going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And if I'm not happy now, I might be happy tomorrow when I do the same thing. And another thing it says is that happy people, it's not that they don't encounter issues. It's how they, it, it, and I know it's like, it's not how you, it's not about the problem. It's how you respond to the problem. But I don't necessarily even think that that's true. I think that it's how, like they said, how quickly you bounce back. So if you stub your toe, you're able to kick and scream and cuss because that hurt, right? Mm -hmm. But how are you going to let that ruin your day? Or are you going to bounce back from it and be like, okay, I got that out. My toe still hurts, but we're going to keep it moving. For real. And and, and, and so that might be the same thing. Right, but. right. And that's and this is what I mean by, and I'm, I'm glad you, called, you talked about practicing happiness. For those who are listening who are actually struggling with mental health issues, this is not us telling you that all you have to do is go out and give somebody right. on the corner Just like, be some happy. money and be okay. happy. That's not what we are saying. But let me break it down from you from a more psychological standpoint, given my area of expertise. Right. right. So to preface this, if you're a new listener, Corey has a degree in mental health counseling. He did a lot of hours working as a counselor. And so this is literally what he studied. Right. As well as psychology and everything else. So here's just how I'm going to break it down for most people. When you have... Generally speaking, if you have a mental health issue, there's some sort of chemical imbalance in your brain, mm -hmm. right? Which is causing you to feel a certain way, right? So like right. feelings in themselves are are electrical signals and um gosh, I was about to say uh, I mean it's a chemical imbalance, but chemicals are released from your brain, those chemicals in, uh, infect how you feel, right? right? Or affect how you feel. So maybe you don't have dopamine. You have like a a a what is it? What is it called when you're like have a less of something than you need to? Deficiency. Yes. Right. A so, dopamine deficiency. Right. Thank so you. you might have a deficiency to where like your that certain thing isn't working right. For instance, um, a male, and I'm just going to use this from a scientific standpoint, who has more estrogen or is losing testosterone but increasing estrogen, you might see behavior change. You might also see physical changes with this person, right? Mm -hmm. You also might see stuff like hair loss or something. Right. This is the, it's no different when it comes to mental health. Right. Your hormones are going to affect how you feel or really dictate how you feel. And the way that you, and this is what therapy does, right? So this is not anything that's different. You go to therapy, they're able to, you're able to work through your issues and also get maybe some um, medication that's going to help mediate those levels maybe get your levels a little bit more normal but what's going to happen with that is also this is why medicine is supposed to be coupled with therapy because the therapy is the practice to retrain and reconnect those synapses so that you don't have this deficiency anymore right now this is it's never like a one-time fits all but this is why i often say it gets worse before it gets better mm -hmm. 
And you have to keep doing it. You have to keep doing it. As much as it sucks and you don't want to do it, oftentimes I never feel happy in the moment. Right. It's always afterwards when I'm reflecting and I'm like, why am I feeling this high this morning? Just to like talk about what brings you happiness. This morning I woke up, I made breakfast. The breakfast I made was banana bread muffins. Fire. Gluten-free, dairy-free. Fire. And a frittata. Okay. Two things in this world that I have never made, mm-hmm. ever. I'm not a baker. This is probably the second thing I've ever baked. And the first thing I baked was some lemon cookies, right? Right. Serving them to you, you eating them, made me feel great. Even if it wasn't like the greatest meal you've ever had. But it made me feel good that I have a skill set that I could create and, and, and help you out in, a, in somewhere that you are deficient, meaning that you were hungry, not that you couldn't do it yourself, right? But that made me feel good. Not, not even that it, like, tasted good. It was great that, like, I got the satisfaction of, like, you loved how it tasted. Mm-hmm. But there was something in the process of, like, I'm not just doing this for myself. Like, I'm doing this also for somebody else. And we all have, like, those areas, which is why I love the job that I do, working with students and everybody else. But I tell you that often, all the time. If you're if you're ever battling depression or anything else, I feel you because I do the same thing. But I will often be like, okay, experience this emotion, but we gonna move on. Yeah, and I think that that was the hardest thing for me when I started going to counseling and got on medication. Was like, okay, now I have to work at this every single day because in my mind, it should just come naturally. Like in my mind, a normal, quote unquote, normal person doesn't feel this way and shouldn't have to work not to feel this way. Mm -mm. But and I remember during that period of time, you brought up a a good point. You were like. An addict is always going to be tempted by what they're addicted to. But every single day they have to make the decision to not, not yes. to do it and they have to work at it. So once you're an addict, you're once you are in like rehab and you have it's rehab every day. It's rehab every day. You don't just like wake up one day and say, "Oh, I'm not an addict anymore." I don't, you know. That's why I'm so but lit you have when to like fight those demons every right. single day and you have to just like with your happiness, you have to fight for that every single day. When I when I see people, you know, post about I'm this, you know, I'm sober for this many months, this many days, mm-hmm. I always clap Hype for them. them I always applaud them. I always Absolutely. tell them that I'm very proud of them because I know this isn't a, oh, I haven't had a drink for 12 months. Mm-hmm. This is for 12 months every single day I have decided that I'm not going to drink mm-hmm. because my body told me that I wanted to drink and I should drink. But I told my body, I'm not going to drink. I'm going to choose something else. Right. And 100%. that's fantastic. And it may not be drinking and it may not be like actual like drug or alcohol uh, addiction. It could be addiction to other things. But these things are practice. We get so into patterns that the patterns will break you down. Mm-hmm. Habit is great until you get into the brain. And we're going to talk about this also in the, like the next couple of episodes because... Um, there's another documentary we're going to talk about, but I have to just let y'all know, bro, the brain is the greatest thing ever. It is also the laziest mm-hmm. organ of all time. It does not want to work. If it can find a pattern for you to where you can pretty much work on, uh, autopilot, same. <laughs> the basal ganglia, me and the brain are the same. 
<laughs> if it can work on autopilot, it will. That's less work for the brain. It does not want to be computing all of these things. And so you can see how easy it can be for you to fall into um, feelings of depression and sadness when you have not broken your patterns. Mm -hmm. You haven't challenged your brain to do anything else. It's as simple as every day you drive the same route to work, take a different route. You brush your, your teeth with your right a hand, use your left. Yeah, you go for a walk, take a different take path. Take a different path. It's as easy as that. You are telling your brain, don't get too caught up. Mm -hmm. Now, the pattern of you going for a walk, that's a good pattern. Change it up. The pattern of you going to work, that's a good pattern. Change it up. The pattern of you doing your hygiene, that's a good pattern. Change it up. Change it up. You're always, and, and this goes for even what I tell with dogs, with humans, with everything. I'm, matter of fact, I'm really glad we're talking about this. I'm about to, I'm about to tap into something. Okay. Um, and um, is it okay if we like talk about this? Yeah, sure. Okay. I, so I don't know what we're about to talk about. We're going to okay. talk about what happened in the kitchen the other day. Okay. When you, okay. So Katie and I, obviously we're a married couple. We have things that annoy each other. hundred percent. What annoys her is that sometimes I will like test her. She'll ask me something. I know what she's asking or she'll make a statement. I know what she wants. And I will like test her essentially for her to tell me what she wants. Do you want to know why? Because what annoys me is you not just telling me right then what you want. So what happened right. the other day was she came in. I'm watching like TikToks. I'm cooking breakfast. So she came in. My TikTok obviously on loud because I, I watch everything on loud. And, you know, whatever. And she's like, oh, I'm about to record a video. That's all she said. I'm going to record a video. So I, because first of all, let me tell you something. We got a new thawing plate and it was so cool. And I just had to like record it and tell my right, friends. And you're like, excited. Hey, I put this frozen block of meat on this tray an hour ago and now it's completely thawed and I can meal prep before work. Right. So cool. So I was just going to like record it and send it to my friends and be like, look at this. And so you lit about it and everything else. And she goes, I'm going to record a video. In my head, I'm like, I know what she wants, but I need her to just tell me what she wants, right? And let me tell you why. And then that, like, led into a little tiff between us, right? Like, she was like, you always tested me. And I'm like, well, I don't like when you do this shit. And granted, in that because moment. Because I was like, you know what I meant? So why did you look at me like I was dumb? Like, right. Why? And I'm like, because I want you to tell me what, you know, you know what you want to tell me or whatever. And what ended from there was me apologizing because I didn't have to be an asshole. Like, and I don't, I don't want to say I was an asshole, but I could have just done what you, I know that you wanted me to do, right? But, and then us changing the way that we're going to communicate to each other if this happens in the future, which I'm sure it probably will. My point is that, though, I think us watching this documentary and talking about this right now will give you a little bit more perspective into my worldview. Meaning, everything to me is a behavior. Everything. Every day to me, just like an addict, is a, is a rehab. Everything is a struggle. Everything is training my brain. Training somebody else's brain. Training a dog's brain. Like, I know how brains work. So for me, that's why I'm such a big picture guy. And every moment is connected to something larger. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, here's how I saw it, right? This is how fast it happened. Instead of you telling me what you wanted, in that moment, I saw it as, well, if she doesn't tell me what she wants now and I'm just expected to know what she wants, there will be something else that she cares more about that I'm expected to know that I will miss and that will be an issue. Right? But 
if I can help train her brain to tell me what she wants, you know, then we won't be there. But also, you say that's fair, but it's also fair that, like, I shouldn't expect you to be there. That's the way that I view the world, right? That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that's the way that you view the world. Which is why we came to the conclusion that we came to. Right. Right? Like, we have to think about others before we, like, think about ourselves. Right. Our initial reaction most times is ourselves, but we really need to think about others. So I challenge you all to do that. But that's that's me. I, everything is a challenge. That's why I tell you with the dogs. we If we let them do it one time in their head, they're creating a pattern. They can test us again. Everything is a test. Every behavior is a test. Every no is a test. Every yes is a test. Every maybe or indifferent is a test. You know, there's something behind everything else. Nothing is just done just because. Right. So um, another thing that this documentary brought up was money. Mm-hmm. Can money bring you happiness? What does that look like? And so they, in the village, uh, in India, was that where it was? I think they were in India. Um, this guy was a rickshaw driver, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically a wagon that is pulled by a person. Mm-hmm. So kind of like you see... Um, the pedicabs when you go to events. Right. It's or like of, when we was on a pier in Seattle. Yes. So it's kind of like that, but it's not a bike. It's a person pulling it. So um, this man is walking through mud, walking through sand, you know, just like all day pulling these people around to make money. And he was one of the happiest people I've ever seen. And they were asking him, like, how do you stay happy in these conditions? Like, what do you do? How do you live, love, laugh? <laughs> How do you live, love, laugh in these conditions? And he basically was like, you know, I am working to provide for my family. And as long as they're provided for, I'm happy because nothing makes me more happy than coming home and seeing my daughter. He was That's like, it. when I get home and my daughter yells out for me and she runs into my arms, that is the happiest feeling I could ever feel. And it's just like love, right? Mm -hmm. That love for someone. And they live, he was like, you know, our house is enough. Their house was not what we in the United States would consider a house. Their house was basically a shelter where half of it, there wasn't a wall. It was just like a a, a mesh thing to keep the bugs out. But it's completely open. They're living on sand. Like they're living in the dirt. But they're also in a community. And he's like, all of these people are my neighbors. They all love us. We all help take care of each other's kids. Like, it is what we, this is our culture. It's a community. It's a true community. Yes. And then there was, it said that the the happiest, so the least happy country in the world is Japan. Because they are so and it talks about how after the war, obviously they had to rebuild. And right. so they were so driven by their, their economy mm-hmm. and building back their economy and they never slowed down. And so people in Japan like are worked to death, literally to death. People die because they are worked too much. Yeah, and it's it like, a story about a dude stress that died is a killer. Stressed out. Stress is a killer. And so these people's jobs, they were, putting so much into their jobs that it was literally killing them. And it's like, what quality of life is that? You know? Mm. And um, 
when we were watching that, I was telling Corey, I was like, you know, I was having a conversation with Kaylee, one of my friends the other day. And I was like, I might, I might not be making a ton of money, but I do enjoy the fact that I can clock out at five and be done with work and not have to worry about it, not have to worry about like staying late or, you know, making sure that everybody else is doing their job. Like I enjoy the fact that I'm able to come home and record a podcast right? or go to the gym after work or like hang out with friends or family or like enjoy the things that I still like because sometimes I get in my own head and I'm like, I should be in a different place right now. I should be doing this. I should be doing this. And always thinking about what I should be doing instead Mm -hmm. of like how far I've come and where I am and how the things that we as a society in the United States and probably as just like a a capitalist society put worth in is not important. Nah, you know what's funny? Now that I'm thinking about it, that like I've just literally just popped in my head. You ever seen the photos of like a new apartment and it's just like a mattress on the floor, a TV propped up in like a chair, and mm-hmm. it'll say like men got this in their apartment and swear they be okay? Yes. And I think this is this this is what we talk about. That is we don't That's need enough. all of that. That's enough, bro. Yeah. We happy with that. Our friends gonna be on a game. Our friends ain't gonna judge the fact that we ain't got nothing on the walls or nothing like that. Like we just got what we need and mm-hmm. that's cool. You're like, we don't, and I'm obviously not holier than now. Like I filled my stuff with things that I don't, that don't really bring me joy. Right. Like I've started to Marie Kondo my stuff, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, the things that I enjoy, I I get to continue doing now. I tried to dwindle down, which is also why it's hard for me from a business standpoint. Right. Right. Is that I think that also in the society, here's another little kicker. Speaking of the money, right. Is. We have tried to make everybody turn their passions and and hobbies into money. Yes. And that is something that recently I've come to be so annoyed with is like, just because I'm good at something. So say I make content. Right. Right. And I super enjoy it. And it's what brings me joy. And I find happiness in it. And I I don't want to put the pressure of having to monetize that. Thank you. I don't because once it once it becomes more of a job, the joy is gone. So it's like I, I, we got to stay far enough away from it if you can do that. And like that's I think that's a primary issue not only within our culture but it's kind of driven by the system. Mm-hmm. If we had imagine if I can go to a job and all of my needs were met. I wouldn't feel the need to turn my hobbies into money. Mm-hmm. I would literally just do the hobby, exactly. and and then people, if they fa- if they felt great, would like just give me money to be like to tip you or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like we de- think you deserve this, right? But I wouldn't feel the pressure, right? To like Absolutely. I need to do this because I need extra funds. So really, now I'm thinking to myself, I just I love making content. I love videoing things. I love taking photos. So like. Dang, I guess I gotta charge some people to do that, and then I'm, you know, and then people are like, oh, you gonna make money off of it? Like, no, I don't. And that's the hardest part for me as a businessman mm-hmm. is, especially with my own businesses, right? Mm-hmm. I want to do the stuff that I want to love doing. I don't want to have to make money off of it. Right. If I have a bad year, I had a bad year. That's okay. And bad based on whose means. Bad based on I didn't make make a baseline of money. I still made money. I have a whole nother job. I don't want this job to turn into an actual second job 
I want it to be, if it ever turns to a job, to be the only job. Mm -hmm. If it's going to be my number two, it's going to stay a hobby for me in which I just make money. Right? Right. Um, but I, I feel the pressure. And, and I see that for everybody else where it's like, oh, you do this. You should start a business doing this. Or you should do that. I'm like, no, bro, you don't have to do that. Do you just love doing that? Yes. Then just do it, fam. Right. Just do it. Spend your money. If that's what you want to spend your money on, spend your money on it. If you're still taking care of the home front, spend your money on it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You like creating stuff with the cricket and everything. Spend your money on it. Right. Like if that's what you love doing, if that brings you joy, spend your money on it and right. do it and have fun with it. And when people ask you, like, why did you do that or whatever, it's because it brought you joy. Right. Exactly. And so, um, can money buy happiness though? <laughs> but, but that's something that they were talking about, and they were talking about you know Japan being the least happy. And they have the most money or, you know. They got a lot of money and they're not happy. And then something that really stuck out to me because I feel like I used to be and still sometimes am wrapped up in this mindset and they called it a hedonic treadmill where. Explain that a little bit. Yeah. So essentially it's like gratification, right? So you really and. For instance, this was me, my freshman year of college. I wanted nothing more than a pair of Chacos. So what did I do? I saved up and I bought a pair of Chacos. And then I was like, I need another pair. Okay, now what? No, not even that I need another pair, but I was like, okay, now I have these. Um, now I want a hammock. Okay, saved up money, bought a hammock. Cool. Hmm. Now I want something else. Now I want something else. Now I want this. this right. And this is just my personal experience. And like the one thing that sticks out in my mind the most, because I remember how bad I wanted those. And when I got them, I was like, okay, cool. I have them. Now what? I feel no different, right? Like, do I enjoy them? Yes. But do I also still want something else? Yes. And we always want more. And that's what the, the hedonic treadmill is talking about. Like, Okay, you want this. Now you you got that. Now you want this. And it's talking about how money, if if you placed your value in money and your happiness in money, there's never going to be enough. You're always going to continue to want more and want more and want more. Yes. And that's why they say like <clears throat> mo money mo problems because like we <laughs> shut up. Uh. We like we get more and we get more. And that's also why people who get raises stay in the same place because you get a raise. Well, now you've added another bill. Okay. I got a raise. So now I want a new car. Right. So well, now I've added another right, bill. Right. So I'm still staying in the same place. Yes, exactly. The other downside to that. And this is why I say there's two reasons why I say money cannot buy you happiness. The things that are making you happy is not the money. The money's just giving you access to them or what you think is giving you access to them. Right. Because you can get access to these things without the money. Right. But it's a little, maybe it's a little bit harder to do. Mm -hmm. But you can still get access to these things without the money. Even though money sometimes does grant you access to things that you would not have if you didn't have the money. Right. However, the second part is this. I think, and my feelings on that are that I think that happiness I'm sorry. I think that money can alleviate stress, which increases happiness. But I don't think that a lack of. I don't I don't think that it necessarily it can. It, sorry, I'm trying to put my words in thought. My Do thoughts it. into words. No, you got Jeez, it. I'm out of whack. 
Um, anyways. You out of pocket. It can alleviate stressors, which which a lack of stress doesn't necessarily bring happiness is what I'm trying to say. So basically, basically, I'll put it like this. You have, um, you want to see, imagine you put on these goggles, right? And the goggles only allow you to see 20% of the, the purview, Mm -hmm. right? You can only see 20% out of these goggles. Now, granted, if you moved your head all the way around, you'd be able to see everything, but only 20% of it, right? So if mm-hmm. it's one big painting, you'd have to move your head around a lot to see the entire painting. However, you want to be able to see, and that's stressful. So you want to be able to see the rest of the painting. Well, you have to pay for that, right? So if you have money, you can remove those barriers to see more of the painting. Mm-hmm. The painting has still been there. The joy has still been there. You just released a little bit more of the barriers, so right. you feel as if, you're happier mm-hmm. when realistically you still could have enjoyed the painting. Right. You just release barriers. So that, that's, that's another reason technically, I guess it's like one a in, in the one of mine two is here's why I caution why money should not bring you happiness. While I believe in most people, especially when you get money, you just keep money. Right. Mm-hmm. I would, I would hope that you're a great financial planner and you'll never run out of money. Uh, you'll get old and you won't have any like emergencies that will make you run out of money. But here's why I caution you. If you think that money can buy you happiness and you believe that right now, just think about what happens if the money runs out. Yeah. If you don't don't have the same access to this money, you get laid off, you get an injury to where like... Well, and I think that COVID really proved that. Yes. To... 100%. Us, like, that job isn't everything, that money isn't everything you, because it yes. can be gone. But to people who already kind of get that, right? Mm-hmm. For those people who's drive is money and think that the money will buy them happiness it's gonna be tough it's tough for you to understand what true happiness is if you had that the money and the access and then you don't have it right because you're gonna look around oh and i see all the time some people who literally will talk to me who got way more money than me they got money they got stacks who are like ranting to me about how they don't love like their home life or their marriage or whatever else Mm -hmm. and they're not actually happy and i'm like bro you got enough money to do whatever you want to do. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And but that's that's my point. My point is that happiness comes from things, and money can't necessarily give you that. Money sometimes can give you access to a certain event, right? But the thing is, happiness comes in one feeling. And right? this you know is, what I mean? Yeah, no, I do. And I think that sorry, I keep hitting the mic. Um, but I think you and I have had this conversation a lot because I get so overwhelmed by just the price tag on things like we want to buy a house and i'm like okay well if we want to buy a house i need to make at least this much money when in reality that's not true it's all about debt to income essentially like we can make it work or also changing our perspective of what our first home may actually look like right like we like that's the thing right it's the standard of what we think is here that's what's going to make us happy right but when we get into the house with the marble floors and everything else we're going to want something different right and that's what you and I have had that conversation many, many times because I didn't grow up in the best financial situation and didn't have a lot of, and still don't have a lot of financial literacy. And so being able to see money and like, oh, money can buy happiness because I grew up without it. So I know the things that I missed out on. But in reality, you're still happy. 
I'm still happy. And I look back at my family and all of my childhood memories. Happy as hell. And we were so happy with nothing. With nothing. We didn't go on vacations. We didn't go to Disney World. We didn't do, you know, play parks or whatever. We were literally at my granny's house nailing wood into a tree and calling it a tree house. (laughs) And we were so happy. Which is why I believe true happiness is within community. Yes. So that brings us to the next point. So this documentary kind of breaks down, um, you know, jobs, money, and then community. And so one of the happiest places, or actually the happiest place in the world was Denmark. And they interviewed this lady who lives and it's kind of like it's kind of like a hotel I would say with the way that it's set up but but like an apart well an apartment building so everybody has their own place but there's community there's a community dining room there's a community laundry room um Everybody has their own bathroom, I think. I don't remember. I don't know if but, they do that, but they all take care of each other. They, they live together. So so since there's a community dining room, everybody that lives in this building, they pitch in and they cook dinner for the entire building. They eat and together. Everybody eats together. All of they clean up together. The kids play together. And one of the little girls was like, no, I think it's a great experience because I always know that she was a little girl. She was like, if I fall and hurt myself somebody is going to be there to help me. It doesn't necessarily have to be my mom. Right. Like somebody will come help me. And that is such a great feeling. And so I think that that is incredible. Like community is such a driver. And another thing, you know, and I think that, that what I hold nearest and dearest to me is friends and family. Not everybody's families are going to be good for their this is true for their mental health. This is true, 100%. right? So there was um, in China, China, I think there was a group. You talking they, about the older women? Yes, yeah. of older women. They're like hundred. Yes, they're old women. Okay, and they're just like this group of old women, and they're so happy, and they do everything together, and. Their job is just to bring happiness to that's everyone it. else. They like everybody deserves love and respect yeah. and trust, and that's what we're gonna do. Yeah, exactly. And one of the ladies on there, she was like, "My husband died in the war. I never had kids. I have no family, but these women are my family." And that was so deep to me because I know people whose families are not mm-hmm. good for them, and it feels like you're missing something, right? Right. And and she still may be feeling like she's missing something, mm-hmm. but knowing that you have the support of your friends well, and your community. Right. And that's that's the thing, though. Like, they're family. And this is why I say you get to choose your family. Mm-hmm. Like, when I say that, this is what I mean. You have family who you're, you carry their last name or you were birthed into or whatever. As you grow, you will recognize that you will start to form bonds with people that are stronger than the people that you grew up with. Mm-hmm. My family has some people whose last name is Middleton, a lot of people who are not. Right. You know what I'm saying? Luis will always be family. Devontae will always be family. CJ will always be family. Jordan and Ian will always be family. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of people who I'm not about to name them all because I'll keep Tajay. going down. Tajay. Will all, <laughs> bro, there's nothing that these people can do unless they, you know, but the reason why I say there's nothing they can do is because I'm family to them too. Mm-hmm. So we we know that it's real mutual 
genuine love. Like there's nothing that makes me happier, which is why I was trying to go this weekend, but I have to wait till the next weekend. Right. Um, I'm going to go back to, I'm going to go to Oklahoma to see uh, Devontae and also see Nolan play basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, that shit makes me so happy, bro. Like getting older, seeing, knowing like Devontae from being young. Mm-hmm. I say young, but like young in college. For him, it growing as a human, growing as a man, growing as a person, having two wonderful kids and a, a, a gorgeous, wonderful wife. Seeing him mature to that level and then mm-hmm. seeing him be the father that he is. That shit makes me like tear up every time, bro. Yeah. I'm like so lit of like, man, I'm proud as hell. That makes me feel, that brings me joy. Mm-hmm. And I always want to like find ways to let me go support that. And this is what I mean by working on and practicing happiness, right? If I want that relationship with him, it's on me. Yeah. I cannot expect him to drive to Dallas and everything else to do this stuff when that's the relationship that I want. Right. I want to be connected to him for like forever. Mm-hmm. I want to be someone that he trusts and can count on if something happens. I got to make that happen. Right. That's me practicing happiness. So for everybody out there who is thinking to themselves, oh, this person doesn't text me first or this person doesn't whatever, question what you want out of that relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you want something more? Do you love that person, truly love that person? Because if you do, them conversations will not matter. You need to do your work to go get with them. Right. And does it hurt if it isn't reciprocated? Maybe, but if it's true love, you're not asking for reciprocation. You're doing it because you love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not asking for, I'm not going 1v1 for Devontae. Right. Or anybody else. I'm not going out of there so he can come down here. And I think that this brings up a good point that they also mentioned, which I wrote down because I was like, damn, my happiness versus everyone else's happiness. Or myself versus everyone else. What am I doing to make the environment that I'm in better. What can you do because for your country? <laughs> I feel like, absolutely. I think that that still reigns true in every aspect because I think that we have gotten to a point where like, and don't get me wrong, obviously I know the struggles of mental health and I know the 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 depths of it and how sometimes giving too much of yourself can be a detriment. So, Definitely protect your peace, protect yourself. But also I feel like as a generation, and I don't want to say a society, but as a generation, we have become so self-involved. We selfish. And selfish. Like, like your energy is off and it's not good for me, so I'm going to cut you off. Or you're doing this. Mm, I don't like that. We're done. You know, like the, the phrase so, is, uh, if don't, don't do things that don't serve you. Right. But listen to that. Right. We're talking about serving us. And while I think there's room for that, we have forgotten to serve others. Serve others. Yes. 100%. And I think in this shows in this documentary that happiness does come from serving others. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Even just, so I say that to say that don't be selfish. Think about others. Work at thinking about mm-hmm. others. Work at not being selfish. Mm-hmm. If you feel some type of way because you think that you're giving more, take a step back and be like, why do I feel that way? Right. And does that matter? And it, am I still going to 
should I stop being a good person just because I feel like it's not reciprocated? Right. And and I promise you there's probably somebody who you got on the sideline as a friendship as a friend who is pouring what you want into your cup, but you're dismissing them because it's not who you want it from. Mm-hmm. But if you would take a second to really evaluate your friendships, you can get your cup filled while filling others. You got to know who is on your team and who's doing what on your team. Absolutely. That's it. Like, that's like the secret to life, really. But a team is, is the secret to life. Yeah. Is having that and making the effort. Everybody is tired. Everybody has a job. Your life is shitty and so is everybody else's. Mm-hmm. But it's not shitty. It's a very great life. Right. Like, there's so much bad that happens in the world. And I will not ever negate that. But we often will overlook. It's so easy. If I ask you, tell me five things today that was great today or this week that was fantastic. It often takes people longer than if I said, tell me five things while this week was not a good week. Right. You can ramble them off. Mm -hmm. But we just don't pay attention or don't think about the good that is happening in our lives. Right. That's why I love meditation and, and, um, uh, mindfulness, right? Which I'm is, glad you brought that up. Because they talked about that in the documentary they too. Did. So they did a study, an MRI on this guy and they told, he's a monk. He's been a monk for like 35 years or something. So they put him in an MRI machine and was scanning his brain and they were like, don't think about anything, just go in there. While he was in there, they didn't change any of his surroundings. They didn't change anything. All they did was say, now practice your meditation. Meditation. Yeah. And his brain lit up. Like they actually showed scans where when he was thinking about nothing, the whole brain scan was gray. Except one little corner. Except one you know. one tiny, tiny speck in the corner. And they told him to practice his I, I forget he, he was focusing like on a, something. It's a certain meditation that's supposed to bring uh joy and happiness, right? Yeah, but it was something like thinking about others or serving or something. It was something specific that he was meditating on. And that part of his brain looked like it was on fire. Yeah. It was like the whole left frontal cortex. Yeah. It was crazy. And so I really want to get into practicing meditation just like, because there's so much noise. There's so much noise. And when you're able to sift through the noise, life becomes so much more peaceful. And that's the thing about happiness and clear. The happiness is also going to bring you peace. Yeah. Right, which a lot of us do not and have stillness. Yes, and it's it's you. And when you start training your brain, and here's the thing that people it's like a the world is like a Where's Waldo puzzle. I guess maybe Where's Waldo, but it's kind of like a little puzzle. What you feed your brain is what your brain starts to see in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Once you start practicing happiness, you will start to see joy everywhere. Yep. You will look at situations completely different i promise you you will start things will happen to you and you'll be like dang that's tough and that's it like you right. <laughs> like all right because you'll start to recognize things that you can change what you can't change things that happen to you are also things that are happening to other people mm-hmm. you'll start to just see like random interactions you'll be in line waiting for something like oh man that's really sweet you'll you'll see a a, a mother's interaction with her kids and be like what how what a what a joyous world it is to be mm-hmm and I think that something that my stepmom has said to me my entire life ha- that has really stuck to me, stuck with me, and I see it differently now, is that when something would go wrong growing up, she would say, well, this is a life lesson. 
And so I look at situations now that are like sucky situations, like why me situations, you know, but it's a life lesson. Bruh, I will never forget being in the hospital. This is the realest thing my mom ever said to me. It almost made me want to punch her in the chest for even saying this, but it was so real. I had uh, myocarditis, pericarditis. It was the inflammation of the heart after I got sick one time, strep throat, right before I moved to Oklahoma. You remember this. Mm-hmm. Had to be drone, uh, uh, driven all the way to um, Arlington. I was in Stephenville at the time, so it was like an hour drive. And um, very much so in like chest pains in the hospital for a day or day and a half or two or whatever. And they thought I had like a heart attack. I did not. But here's what my mom said. I just remember being in the hospital. I was really thankful though at the moment when like I showed up and everybody was there, even though I didn't want nobody to be there. So I told my mom. Mind you, my it's mom like got the it's like four AM, right? So I told my mom she's in Arizona, she couldn't be there. I'm like, bro, just send Matt, please. And I, I pull up and it's not just Matt, it's Matt, my uncles, my aunts, my whatever. Shout out to my mom. Cause in that moment, what I didn't recognize was that, like well, yeah, Katie shows up too. I'm sorry. Katie was in Denton at the time. But she shows up and I'm very happy. For, for that time, though, I haven't had like a time for it to like sit with me. And at this time, y'all, y'all have to recognize that I'm like, I'm working out. I'm eating good. I'm all of this, right? Like I'm like a healthy hum- a human being. A little bit bigger. I'm still obese, but like I'm healthy. All of my scans are good. That's why they keep asking me. Like, I don't know what's going on. Because for, for all intents and purposes, like you're good. Mm-hmm. And I can remember when everybody left the room one time, I'm like, can y'all just leave so I can just have my little breakdown? And so pe- people left. Katie finally like went to work or had to go get a change of clothes. And I'm just like crying, like bawling, like just, you know, just frustrated, so mad. And she's like, what's wrong? And I'm like, why me? Like, why did this ha- get to happen to ha- like have to happen to me? There's people out there who are not taking care of their body. There's people out here who are doing drugs and they not dying. You know what I'm saying? They not having no heart issues or nothing else. And, Bro, my mom looked me dead in my eye while I'm crying and was like, who do you think you are to think that you would be so lucky or that somebody owes you something, that you're not a part of this world? Why not you? Why wouldn't it be you? Be you? Why, would, why should it be the person in the next room is suffering and you not? Mm. I'm like, why are you telling me this yeah. in this moment? I'm messed up, but my my tears stop. They like reverse, you know. They fall to my face and like reverse up, <laughs> sucked them yeah. back up. And I'm like, yo, it'll be one of the realest moments that will ever happen in my life. Mm-hmm. That will, and I always when I get down and I start to get to that why me, mm-hmm. I can see my mom's face and hear my mom's voice of her almost getting mad at me. I'm like, how how dare you ask that question? Mm-hmm. How dare you think you're above anybody else? Right. When the person next to you in the next room, maybe dying or have cancer or some other ailment, you think that you're better than them? Right. That you just can go through this world without experiencing life like everybody else did? What what kind of son did I raise? If that's what you think, I've taught you better than that. Mm-hmm. I taught you to be a person who serves other people, be a part of the community because we all live in this life together. And I was like, yo... <laughs> what? Yo, imagine telling your son is who think he died on his deathbed. But that's my mom. She for right. real. You know what I mean? So, well, and she's had her... She's had her share of medical issues, right? right? And she's one of the best people I've ever met. For real. for re- And happiest as well. Fact. You know, you like never know when she's upset. I mean, you do sometimes, but she's very... She's... Joy runs through her veins. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but that was just like real to me. So I just, y'all practice happiness every single day, even when you don't want to do it, do something for somebody else. Do something, send them a text message. That's going to make them feel good. Put something in the mail, pay for somebody's lunch, help somebody down the stairs, open the door. Just be nice. Put joy in into the world. You will receive it back. I promise you, you will. Promise you, you will. Absolutely. You want to play a game? Well, I have a question for you real quick. Yes. So what brings you happiness? Community. Yeah. Serving community. Being around people, helping people, and seeing them like grow is make what is what makes me happy. Time and time again, when I'm around people and they're getting joy from me, that's what I want to be when I die. When people remember me, they say, oh, you know, I, I could just remember his laughter mm-hmm. and the joy that he brought me every time I was around him. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, that's all I want to do. That's what brings me happiness is being around other people and making them feel great. Okay. As much as I can. I know sometimes that's not the case. I make people feel bad too. But I try my hardest just to make people feel good. Yeah. Mine's, what about you? Uh, mine's pretty spot on with that. I think just being around people that I love is so important to me. And I've been thinking on it for a couple of days. Like what what does bring me happiness? And I truly think that it's that. Because even if I'm doing something that I love, if it's... It it doesn't hit the same. It right. can still be great and it can be a great experience, but I still wish the people I love were with me to experience it. Right. You know? Right. So I think that like you were saying, community is community, man. really, really important to me. And I love all of uh all of those who are listening. I love you all too. Fourth wall, man. Shout out to y'all. Big time. All right. Uh you wanna play a game? Yes or no? Yes. All right, here we go. Let me get my words out. Let's see. Um, I feel like I'm going to mess up my record. Since we, since we are, and you batting 50 right now, 500. Since we are a movie podcast, we do need to talk about industry terms. If you get these industry terms, kudos to you. So, in the film industry, explain the term bookends. Bookends? Yes. Make sure I get it right. Too. Um, I'm going to say, and scene. The beginning and the end of a scene. The beginning and the end of a scene. That's what that's is that your final answer? Yes. Okay, well. You get nothing. You lose. Good, good day, day sir. sir. Listen, I'm actually I'm should I give this to you? I don't know. Because you're not necessarily wrong about it being the beginning and the end of something, not necessarily a scene. So the way that I understand it or the way that I'm going to explain it is um let's say you're making a movie, short film, whatever. The movie opens the way it ends. It's the mm. same scene, right? So let's say you have a movie and the movie opens up with like, like Deep Waters. Yes. We watched Deep Waters and it opened up with him walking up the stairs to the room and looking at her. Yes. And it also ended like that. Exactly. That's okay. a bookend. Okay. Right? When it comes okay. to film. So if the movie opens and ends the same way or complimenting the same way. Or it thing, like opens and then it's like four months prior and then it tells you the whole story of how you ended up right, where you are. Right. And then the end of the movie is where the opening scene was, mm-hmm. or, you know, or it's the same opening scene, then boom, you're good to go. That is bookends. I personally think sometimes bookends are corny. Mm. Um, yeah. But it works sometimes. When it, it, works, does it works, work sometimes. Yeah. When it works, it works. So 
All right. Term number two. Okay. Here we go. Continuity. What? In the film industry, what does continuity mean? Continuity. I'm going to say where a, a scene or a story keeps flowing. There's no, like, there's no scene change, meaning like change. you're... Like you're in the same room or you're in the same space. It all flows. You're not going to, we're recording inside the house. Now we're at a football field. Now we're at a mall. Okay. I'm just going to give this one to you. Okay. That's good. We'll keep the streak alive. I'll give it to you because, no, because you're, with both of these, you're, you're pretty much like on the line of understanding a little bit of what it means. So, Basically, um, continuity is, is making sure things stay consistent shot to shot and not necessarily in location. This is a perfect example. Sometimes continuity could be time. You remember watching Game of Thrones where everybody saw the Starbucks cup? Mm-hmm. That's a continuity error. Um. Okay. Or you know how we watch films, right? And um, we'll watch something and something will happen and somebody will say, oh, wait, her hair changed. She mm-hmm. was just talking. And she had her hair down. Okay. And it's in the same scene, but it went back and now her hair's up. Yes. Right? It's it's making sure that the things flow the same, shot to shot, scene to scene. Okay. And also so that- I was off, but- I, But you were on. You were off, but you were on. Yeah. And also that everything else is the same, right? So like if we if we shot a shot and where we had to move some things around mm-hmm. and they say cut, whoever's on continuity, their little team is going to go back and reset. This is also why they say, okay, reset. Yeah. They go back and reset everything how it was. That's interesting because I feel like we've all caught where things are off. Yes. You know, like, oh, that wasn't there in the previous scene. Right. That's a continuity error in the film. Um, Somebody's getting fired. Actually, I don't know if they're getting fired or not, but I kind of like those things sometimes where it's like, oh, somebody. Because then it's like we recognize again, like, oh, this is just a film. Like somebody's going to mess up. People still make mistakes. Right. And so there's often sometimes people on set who are taking pictures of the set for whatever thing it is. So there's mm-hmm. reference uh, photos. Nice. So people can go back and say, oh, this is here. Or this was turned this way and we'll get it right. So that whenever we're filming again and we cut all the shots together, everything flows perfectly, cut to cut, scene to scene so that we are good to go. So ma'am, your streak is a live. Now, before we end, we would not be a podcast if we didn't tell you where you can get more content and for that you can follow us on all our social media press next podcast but most importantly if you want to be a member of the fourth wall yes the fourth wall you want to join our discord community and where we talk about a lot of this stuff uh episodes we talk with each other you want to talk to other fans of the show hop on patreon.com slash press next podcast you will get access to that access to discounts for merch um, also access to us access to the press next box which is kind of just like a free uh, gift box that we will send out to people. And so, yeah, if you want to be a member of the fourth wall, the fourth wall, head over to patreon.com slash press next podcast. Choose what tier you are most interested in. That will also help support us as a podcast as well. Don't forget you know, to drop P&P. a review. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know me. Dang, you know what? We can make a play on that, but <laughs> uh, let's wrap it up. All right. Well, if watching TV is what makes you happy, and you are watching something and it asks, are you still there? Always press next. Always. See you next week.